Welcome to Meet the Christian Podcast. Um, I'm here with Matt. Um, welcome, Matt. Oh, thank you very much, Peter. My name. To be here. <laughs> My name's Peter. Um, so here we go. Question number one: How did you become a Christian? Oh, thanks for asking, Peter. I'm very unprepared. I'll have to have a, a good think about that. But um, look, uh, I think it's a, a long process um, in, in my life. Some people, it'll be an exact moment and they'll have a, an, um, a, a massive revelation and, and so on. But for me, I grew up in a Christian home and um, I had a fantastic example through my family um, of, of what it was like to be a Christian. And I kind of put that aside a lot um, in my teenage years particularly and I got really interested in, um, uh, in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in, in all sorts of spirituality, maybe because I grew up in Fremantle and that was the thing that you check out. But um, I, I, I did uh, neglect my Christian roots, I guess, but I think my, my childhood really had a massive impact on me becoming a Christian. Um, so I couldn't say I became Christian without um, my family's influence for sure. But I think um, there was... Uh, a, a time in my life in, in 99, I think it was, or 2000, um, and I'd met a few Christians at university and um, and they were pretty insistent that Jesus is, is different to all of these other religions that I've been checking out. And to me, it sounded quite uh, arrogant for them to say that sort of thing, but I could see that they were really genuine, great people, so I couldn't ignore it completely. And, um, and I checked out my dad's old Bible at home a little bit more and started listening to to what my friends, Christian friends at uni had to say and, and um, eventually I, I couldn't um, turn down the, the proposition that Jesus is God because uh, to me it was, a, it was a decision that I had to make. I couldn't ignore it. And I think once someone hears about Jesus, I think you can't really um, ignore it. It's an either yes or no question. And, and I chose yes. I think it, I decided to, to put my faith in him. And, um, and, it, and like I say, it wasn't a, a massive 180 degree moment as such. I wasn't like a, a horrible um, person and suddenly became an amazing person. I was, I was just the same old me, but something, something big had changed in my heart and all of those experiences in my life had um, all played a part of that. Um, and, uh, and I was delighted with my decision. So... Uh, Yes. Tell us about another Christian who's influenced you positively. So I'd have to show there's, there's a bunch of people who, who have. Um, I've got um, some people in my life who have had massive impact on me, and, and uh, that's my dad, uh, my business partner, and my current pastor. But in terms of um, me having um, an example of a, a really great Christian man, I think I'd uh, or Christian full stop, um, my dad's had a, a huge influence on me. He, he's a, a great thinker and um, I think philosopher in a lot of ways. He studied, um, uh, he studied philosophy and he, he, he actually um, studied to be a, a priest in, um, in America and, and got to the point where he was, uh, he was about to be ordained and, um, and he decided he'd, he'd have a family. So he's, I guess what, the point I'm trying to get across is he's a really serious Christian guy. And um, so whenever there's been big moments in my life, um, you know, deciding to follow Jesus, um, different, uh, even non-Jesus related decisions in my life, I've, I've uh, regularly come back to dad for chats and, and wisdom and guidance. So he's, he's been a massive influence, Christian influence in my life. What are some particular books 
chapters or verses in the Bible that have been especially important for you? So um, I uh, prepared a few earlier, Peter, because I thought you might ask me that question. <laughs> and um, I, got, I got three here. I, I got so many verses. I, um, I used to highlight um, a Bible that a friend gave me uh, years and years ago, and it just got a little bit too ratty and, and messed up. So I've uh, taken to a good old um, iPhone version of the Bible and uh, managed to get a few highlights that I've been looking at recently. But, but also... Um, through my life, particularly after I decided I really do want to follow Jesus. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, so many Christians know it. God, uh, for those who love God, he works out um, everything for the good according to his good purpose or something like that. You can check it out in your Bible. Um, but the whole gist of it is that you can make your decisions in life and, and you might feel like you've made mistakes sometimes. Um, and sure, you, maybe you have made big mistakes sometimes. Um, I certainly have. and. The funny thing is God will use even those mistakes and the bad things that happen to you. Um, somehow they'll work out for your good. And I've, I've just seen it time and again in my life when there's been um, things that have been unpleasant happen. And uh, it, sometimes I have to this day no idea why unpleasant things happen either to me or to, to people in the world. You know, horrible things happen to really good people. But somehow God works things out in in a way that I don't think we can understand as humans. And that it, uh, it just gets me thinking so much, that, that verse. And certainly when there's crisis moments in my life, I'll always come back to that. Um, and also when there's good moments in my life, I'll come back to that and, and acknowledge, I think, that um, my life isn't my own doing alone. It's, it's really in partnership with God. And, and it's really comforting to know that God has um, this ability to partner with me in life, let me choose stuff. And then, I don't, I don't want to say pick up my mess, but he kind of does. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what this verse is getting at. Um, he uses everything for the good. But also um, Proverbs uh, chapter 19, verse 21 sort of links in with that as well. Um, and it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we've got all of these ideas and plans in our life, in our, in our hearts um, that we want to see happen in our life. And um, it's... Uh, it's really God who has, a, has that guiding hand um, on our lives. And one more, which I had, was James chapter 4, verse 8. And um, I think this is a really good um, verse to remember when you feel far from God because of sin or you feel far from God because maybe you just haven't made a decision to follow him. Um, you're inquisitive or you want to find out more about God. Um, it says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. And I think that's just so amazing to think that, you know, if the God of the Bible is true, um, it's this benevolent, omnipotent, omniscient God, uh, the master of the universe. And he says in his word that you can, you can actually come near to him. You can try in your own feeble little way to come near to him and he'll take that and he'll come near to you. And um, hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favourites as well, that one. Um, question number four. Tell us about how you pray and the role it plays in your life. Yes, so um, when I was a man who had more time, before I had children, <laughs> and then perhaps before I had a wife as well, um, I used to have time that I'd set aside every day to you know, have a bit of um, you know, quiet time, I guess, have read a bit of Bible, have a bit of a pray, and, um, and so on. These days, 
I, I don't have time to do that much, I've got to say. Um, I don't think it's an essential part of Christian living. It's great if you can, um, and it's, um, it's marvellous to set time aside for that. But I find myself these days, more often than not, um, I, I love exercise, so almost every day I'll, I'll do some sort of exercise, uh, whether it's um, cycling, swimming, surfing, windsurfing, sailing, something I love to get out in the elements and, and push my body. And it's often in those moments that I'll have a clear mind and, and just, it won't be a super long prayer necessarily, but there'll be an exchange between me and God. Um, and uh, that's, yeah, so that's often when. Also, um, when, uh, I guess for, you know, I'm, I'm a stereotypical person, really, you have a crisis in your, in your life and, and so many people, even people who don't call themselves Christians or religious at all, um, something major happens to them and will seek out God. Um, so I think, of course, when, when big stuff happens to me, I'm straight praying to God. <laughs> you know, whether it's uh, out in public I, silently or in, in my bedroom um, vocally, uh, I love having um, chats to God when there's crises. Also, when there's, there's really good times, I've got so much in my life to be thankful about. And um, so certainly when, when, when times are good, um, I love to have a good old thanks to God. Like I, I, I love being grateful to God. It just seems to make me more happy when I when I say thanks to God. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a big part of my prayer life. And finally, just with um, uh, I, I, this is probably something which is talked a fair bit about among Christians. Whether it's super useful or not, I'm not sure. But when you have crossroads in your life, and whether it's deciding what job to do or um, which house to buy or these sort of vocational decisions. Um, I think God gives us wisdom and he gives us our brains to work things out. Um, but I also love to pray about those things as well. And I, um, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if guided by the spirits, the right word as such. I think, I think we, we make decisions and God is on board with our decisions, but I think it really helps to pray about them as well. And, and um, you know, to help you get a really clear mind about these big decisions in your life that you can be comfortable and peaceful about them. Yes. Um, tell us about a turning point in your life as a Christian or a moment or period where God changed you or worked in you. So, um, turning point, I guess uh, it's a bit of a tricky one. I had a bit of a think about that question, Pete, when, when you gave me the list of questions. And I think for me, one of the significant things once I decided to to follow Jesus and and, um, and you know, read the Bible a lot and, and get to know what it's all about um, you start to wonder what what your life's about and this sort of pertains to a few of your uh, later questions there as well so I'll try not to answer a few questions with the one answer but um, I think for me I there was a period of time where I was um, going along to youth with the mission meetings uh, and um, a mutual friend of ours, Richard as well, was, was going to them and, um, and we even did a, a few mission type expeditions mm. together, Pete, and I think I, I had um, a real hunger to, to um, spread the word of God because I think once you find out about it, you just want to tell people because it's, it's such wonderful stuff. Um, and so I was, I guess, at that period of time in my life trying to work out, you know, maybe... Um, Maybe it's now that I should be a missionary, um, or ha at least what's my role in all of that. And I read a book by uh, YWAM's founder, 
uh, Youth with a Missions founder, Lauren Cunningham, called Daring to Live on the Edge. And it was a book about finance. And it was a, a book saying that, uh, you know, this was from a missionary, it, the book was saying that, you know, it's, it's great to have missionaries and we need missionaries, but they can't do their work unless someone's funding them to do their work. So money is really important in, in the church and in, and in the mission field. And I, I, about that same point in time, I'd started to work as a teacher. And, and when you start working full time, you have a few options in terms of finances, potentially buying houses or investing in stuff. And so I felt a real um, calling, if you like, or at least a real um, desire to be able to fund stuff. So to be able to, because I seem to know a lot of people or a lot of organisations that, that needed money, whether it was to the persecuted church in places like North Korea and, and the Middle East and so on, uh, China even, um, or uh, um, or um, other stuff that, you know, humanitarian type stuff as well. Like I could, I'd see, could see a lot of needs. So I, I thought that, you know, why not try and work out how I can give more um, to these sort of things. And I think that was probably quite a turning point for me because it, it set off a series of events and, and ways of thinking about money and, and time and, and missions, um, which eventually led to me um, owning a business and, and making investments and, and now being able to be in a position to, to fund a lot of stuff. Um, I remember when when I first decided to um, follow Jesus and, and, and you know one of the things you you come to terms with fairly quickly or you come across fairly quickly is um, how we give as Christians and, and it's not hard to be generous when you've decided to follow Jesus. You, you start to realise um, what he's done for you and what you can do in return for him. Um, and uh, lost my train of thought a bit there. Um, but um, so, as in, you wanted to be in a position where you can be the funder. Yeah. Than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, oh gosh, lost my um, lost my point. <laughs> um, I'll get back on track. Do you so, mean like you saw a lot of people asking for money? Um, and you and you felt like you wanted to be one of the ones providing rather than asking. Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, not not necessarily individuals, but organisations where I saw the need. But I was saying something else. But um, anyway, look at what the point that I'm trying to make is. I, I um, oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, I when I was first deciding to to follow Jesus and so on, um, and you, you you're giving in church and stuff like that. And I um, I remember giving money at church with my first pay packet from being a teacher and I think um, I can't remember the exact amount but it was you know a tithe approximately it was around a tenth or so of my weekly or fortnightly salary or whatever it was and I thought wow that's a lot to give um, wouldn't it be nice to give even more and, and I think now um, after you know spending years in, in business and, and making investments and so on like I'm now able to give a whole lot more and it's um I, I'm, I'm really delighted with that because it's uh it's it's not something that's happened overnight but it's been a purposeful um turning point i guess which was what your question was about um and it's a lot to do with uh, i guess why i think i'm here is, is to, to give um and um and be um that side of things for um for people who are going out there um in the mission field or, or uh, who are doing work in church in, in Australia. There we go. We got back on track. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we, were, we were far off. 
We weren't far. That was good. Um, how has your daily life been changed because of your Christianity? Yeah, cool. So, um, I, I don't know if I can give a, a super specific answer. I hope this isn't too vague, but I think I, I, I see um, every day now through the viewfinder of, um, of being in relationship with God. So, you, your daily decisions your daily and I, when I say that I don't mean like I, I pray in the morning to work out if I should wear red or blue socks um, it's just that your your whole outlook is now founded on something other than just yourself and what you think the truth might be you've got this solid base which guides um, how you act with other people how you act with your family um, and it's not it's not super spiritual spooky stuff it's just day to day you know, being good to people, um, you know, being sorry for times when you've done the wrong thing and then telling whoever it is that you've hurt, stuff like that, you know, like I think, um, uh, yeah, fairly general answer, but yeah, just the, you, my daily life is governed or is at least seen through um, the viewfinder of, of now I know God and I know what, in most cases, he wants of me and so I'm going to try and act that out. Um, what do you enjoy most about being Christian? Um, I lots of things. I think, um, like when when you, I think when you know the truth, and and in a in a postmodern world, you could say that that's all relative. But look, I I believe this is the truth. I believe Jesus is the truth. So, if that is true, then knowing the truth uh, gives you an enormous amount of hope and joy. Um, and knowing and, and it's such a tangible truth like it's written for us um, if the God of the Bible is true he's actually set it out pretty plainly in black and white um, what his plans are for us as, as humans um, and that gives me an incredible amount of hope and joy also um, I love the fact that and this is not easy I think for all people who maybe haven't had um, a really loving father in their life but I have and the Bible shows us a lot that God is like a loving father so it's um, I've had a tremendous relationship with my dad and and it's been great for me to understand God in that way as well so I, I feel like he is this amazing father figure in my life and, uh, and I love that well, What do you find most difficult about being a Christian? So I think it's a minority view. I think I think we live in the West, uh, perhaps not in, in all parts of the world, but in the West, being a Christian is a minority view. Um, so whether you're thinking about um, what what your, your kids learn in school, um, what their teachers' influence are on them, what the world in general's influence is on your kids and yourself, um, the world if you can call the world a single organism, it sees the world sees itself in a much different way to, to what the Christian worldview is. And it's it's a hard thing because um, you know, we, we live in the West in a, a terrific culture and um, and we're we're so rich, we've got so much at our fingertips. Um, but I feel that a lot of it is is um, is no longer founded in, in truth 
Um, so that's hard because I think, um, uh, you know, if, if Christianity is true, then the culture I live in has such a lot wrong. Um, and I have a lot wrong as well. I'm, I'm part of my culture, but you know, it's, uh, so how do you kind of manage that kind of tension or disappointment or? Yeah, it's, um, I know it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, if, if you, um, if you lived in the ancient world, it'd be almost a bit more obvious because you'd, you'd, uh, you'd have people worshipping idols. Um, I think when Jesus was around, there was a, or certainly when you know, Moses' time and so on, there, was, there were um, cultures and tribes who would um, worship um, statues of, of so-called gods. Yeah. And, um, and so when, when God told his people at the time to worship only him, um, it was almost a straightforward thing. They could just chuck out the idols and it was, uh, you know, that part's done and they yeah. could uh, move on and, and just be with, with the one true God. Being with the one true God in the West is a little harder for me to see because I guess I'm subject to the culture that I live in. And mm. um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure I've got idols in my life and, um, and sometimes they're obvious to me and other times they're not. So mm. it's... it's uh, I've always got to be in check to think to myself, well, is this thinking just the culture I live in is thinking or is this actually, um, is this legitimate and, and godly as well? Um, tell us about your present life as a Christian and the season that you're in now. So a lot of my life, uh, as you appreciate, Pete, is to do with being a dad. Um, so I think, uh, which is a huge role, and I'm very grateful to have that role. Um, so being a, a good dad and a good husband in a, a godly and great way is, is one of the biggest things that I've got on my plate right now. Um, on top of that, like I've talked about previously in some other questions, I feel like a big role that I've got now is to give. Um, I don't, I'm not one of the ones that go out into um, places that haven't heard the gospel right now, but I'm, I'm certainly a part of it in in the giving that I do so that's a big part of it and a part of that of course is the business that I own and run and um, and the people I meet through there my customers and and being a, a good business person for them so um, that's that's my role now the godly dad bit um, yeah have you got any insights or um, things you've learned about how to do that well <laughs> I've, learned, <laughs> I've learned how angry you can get <laughs> and and how um, yeah how 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 loving you can feel to your children um, one moment and how cross you can feel the next because of, um, of their behaviour or whatever. Uh, so... Um, Just to add in, Matt's kids are, um, what are they, like three and one? Two and a half and, and just under one, yeah. Okay. I have kids that are just under four and just under two, so we're in a pretty similar boat. Yeah. Um, what was the question, Matt? Um, have you got any like insights, things you've learnt or figured out about being a godly dad? Um, yeah, right. So I think, um, yeah, just questioning my, let's call it my flesh reaction to incidents that happen. So in terms of... When you say flesh reaction, flesh reaction, yeah, so Because that's a very that. Christian... Very term. Christian jargon thing. Yeah. So I think um, by flesh reaction, I just mean when you feel cross or angry about something that happens, then I think the unchecked, not spiritual way to act about it is to carry on with that anger 
and you know if you were to take it to the extreme it's very ugly it's where um, you know um, abuse can happen um, all sorts of evil and nasty things I think the spiritual way to live is to go well I'm feeling really angry right now um, let's hold back on that a little bit and try and be not emotional about what's just happened now um, the the behavior that, that I've seen my child do um, so I think being in check and questioning yourself questioning your initial reaction to things um, is really important and it's something that I have to do every day and uh, yeah I think there's um, just just being honest with yourself and, and it's I used to be a teacher and I think um, reflective teaching it's not a spiritual thing at all but it's uh, just looking back on the way you've taught the kids during the day um, and thinking about some ways that you did really well and other ways that you completely screwed up maybe or in ways that you just could have done better and I think it's uh, the case with parenting and that's not strictly a Christian thing but I think as Christians we know that uh, you know we've got um, all the help we need through Jesus to do the right thing um, and I think reflective parenting is a great tool to help with that just to look back on the day look back on the incident and go how could I have dealt with that better how could I have applied um, a, a more godly and spiritual way of doing things um, and uh, you know still you need to be um, firm with your kids of course and all of that sort of thing it's not um, a spiritual airy fairy thing that I'm talking about but just acting in a, a loving godlike way with your kids and last question, which you may have already answered. Um, what are you called to do as a Christian? And you can be as general or specific as you prefer. Yeah, I, f I kind of feel like I've answered that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thanks heaps, Matt. Um, and that's welcome. the end thanks, of thanks our little for interview. The chat. Yeah. Thanks.